You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Now, dive into the message. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the phrase, and they lived happily ever after? What is the first thing? Yeah, so something's coming to mind. Maybe it's a story. Maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's a, uh, a book that you've read, right? And, and don't we love that? You know, and, and you wrestle, like, with happy endings. You know, why do we like stories with happy endings? Because it doesn't make you sad, right? In fact, Jessica, my wife, she said, there's this movie that I've been wanting to watch, and I'm spitting again. Sorry about that. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, she... I want to watch this movie called Just Mercy. Has anybody ever seen that yet? All right, a few of you guys. It's, it's about racial injustice, and, and I think, man, it's a great movie. Let's, let's watch this. And, and, uh, and she says, I do not want to watch a sad movie in this season of COVID. And I'm like, hey, all right, all right. So we haven't. We've been watching uplifting things and things like that. But don't we love it when the guy gets the girl? Yeah. Or when there's redemption of some sort, or someone's riding off into the sunset, sunset, happily ever after puts a smile on most people's face, unless you're grumpy like Eeyore, and then, you know, I don't know what to do about that. Well, last week, we ended on a couple verses that really almost like set up the perfect, and they lived happily ever after. We said last week that they're the ABCs of Jesus' work, that there's authority, that you believe that Jesus is going to provide everything you need, and then there's confidence that comes from, uh, from Scripture, from the Lord. In fact, let me read it. Verses 12 and 13 says, so the disciples went out to proclaim that people should repent. So Jesus is saying, do this. They're out there doing the work. And then it says, and they cast out demons and anointed with oil. Many were sick and healed them. They sent out 12 in groups of two, so that's six times as effective. You're saying, wow, they're doing it. God is blessing. And what could go wrong? You're thinking, and they lived happily ever after. And actually, that's not exactly even close to what happened. And even though the Bible does end with a happily ever after, we know that in the end, we win as believers. If you've given your heart to Jesus, you win. That's good news, right? Right. But the Bible is not a fairy tale. It doesn't just have these stories that are make-believe. In fact, the Bible is realistic. Sometimes it's raw. The Bible is full of stories, and I know it's, we're family service here, and some of your families are joining us online, uh, but just to be quite frank, in fact, the story we're about to read, sometimes they're not uh, appropriate for families. In fact, if there was a rating to the story we're about to read, it would be R-rated for sure. The Bible is full of fighting and wars and power struggles. The Bible is full of politically charged events. And the Bible does not sugarcoat things about temptation, indiscretions, blood and guts and things that are gruesome, sex and sexuality inappropriately and appropriately. And today's story is one of those. In fact, there's parts of what we're about to read that are kind of shameful. 
scandalous. Exactly what would sell today in Hollywood. Or they put this story we're about to read in a Netflix original. And I do acknowledge it's a family service and it's a tough passage to wrestle with with kids in the audience, but I believe God has given us a perspective and the team and I, we've talked about it and really our goal is for us to experience Jesus this morning and not only this morning but this week and to really know Jesus. And so without further ado, I'm going to ask Pastor Drew back to come and to read our story. We're in Mark chapter 6, turn to verse 12, and we're going to make our way through to verse 29. And hopefully you're reading in the ESV, but if you're not, go for it. It's yours. ESV is where it's at. All right, let's go for it. Verse 12. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Verse 14, King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, he is Elijah. And others said, he is a prophet like the one from the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was righteous and a holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, ask me for whatever you wish and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, for what should I ask? And she said, the the head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me, at, give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. And he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. Awesome. May God bless the word of God today. That's a wild story, and I know we made it through that quite quickly. But what I'd like to do today is to focus on three main characters. The first character is Herod. And if you're asking the question, who was Herod, you got to know just up front that Herod was the bad guy. Now, I know we got kids here, and all the kids that are in the room, whether you're a little kid or a big kid, all right, I want you to say, when I say Herod, you're going to say bad guy. Who was Herod? The bad guy. You got it. In the overflow room, let's try it over there. Let's see if we can hear. I know there's some families down there. Herod. Who was Herod? Yeah, I heard it. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> he was the villain. But it's confusing when you look at Herod because in, Herod, you know, in the book of Mark alone, there are different Herods. And you're saying, is this the same guy? And it's not always the same guy. When Jesus was born, there was Herod the Great. And part of that story, he was the ruler over Israel. But before Herod the Great, 
died, he divided the kingdom into four, what they call them tetriarchs, and each tetriarch had a son that would rule over that area. Now, so one son, two son, three son, four son. All right, so you kind of watch with me here for a second. The first son was married to Herodias, but he dies. But Herodias gets married to the second son. And they're married for a little bit. We don't know all the details, but she doesn't like this guy anymore and decides to divorce him and gets married to the third son. Can anybody say, messed up family? <laughs> if you thought your family had some issues, this guy absolutely did. And the third guy that she married, Herodias, his name was Herod. Antipas, Herod Antipas, and that's the Herod that we're focusing on. Now, when I say Herod Antipas, you got to know he's the bad guy. He's not a good guy. In fact, he's power hungry. He wants to be called king, but in reality, he's actually ruling over only a small portion of Israel. And Herod actually feared one of the other characters we're going to talk about in a second. He feared John, but he respected him. It wasn't like, I'm afraid. He was intrigued by what John the Baptist was saying. But John the Baptist was in prison under Herod Antipas. And Herod would call John the Baptist out and say, hey, talk to me about the kingdom of God. Talk to me about what's right and wrong. But as much as Herod liked to do that, Herod was not running the show. Because behind Herod, there was actually this Herodias, who had now been married three times. She was actually the one running the show. So Herod was kind of like a puppet leader, so to speak. And Herodias, Herod's wife, did not like John the Baptist. And for today's purposes, anytime you hear Herod or really the Herodians in the book of Mark, those are followers of Herod. They are against Jesus. And so, again, they're the bad guy. They wanted to trap Jesus. They're trying to trick Jesus, and they're trying to kill him. Even early on in Jesus' ministry, all the way back in Mark chapter 3, verse 6, Jesus was preaching and teaching and doing miracles, and it says in verse 6, the Pharisees went out immediately, held counsel with the Herodians, that's followers of Herod, against him, and they were plotting how to destroy. Some of your Bibles say how to kill Jesus. And that's early on in Jesus' ministry. The last thing I'll say about Herod is that Herod, he was divided. And we're going to see that even as the, the day goes on, as the morning goes on. I'm not going to keep you here all day, I promise. But uh, the heart, his heart is hardening and divided. He's got a divided heart. And man, that's a dangerous place to live. That's Herod, the bad guy. The second character is John the Baptist. If you're asking the question, who is John the Baptist? Well, he is the good guy. All the kids in the room say he's the good guy. All the kids at home say he's the good guy, right? He's the good guy. In fact, in Mark chapter 1, if you read it, uh, starting in verse 2, we get to understand who John the Baptist was. It says, as it was written in the Isaiah of the prophet, behold, I'm sending a messenger before your face who will prepare your way. That's John the Baptist. The voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Verse 4 says, he, John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
And then in verse 8 it says, I have baptized you with water. That's John the Baptist talking. But he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist was the, old, was the last Old Testament prophet. He was a forerunner to Jesus, preparing the way of the Lord. And when Jesus came on the scene, how did Jesus describe John the Baptist? Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 says this, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Can you imagine Jesus saying that about you? I mean, that, that is huge. John the Baptist was a truth teller. He was a righteous man, a holy man. And remember, happy endings, it's like set up for John the Baptist. He's the perfect candidate for a happily ever after, right? But that's not what happens to John the Baptist, as we read. He took a stand for Jesus. And yes, there was inner peace in John the Baptist. But there are numerous spots in Scripture, including this one, that shows that there is real opposition when you decide to put your faith and trust in Jesus. And Jesus does not call us to a life of ease. We see that in Scripture. And for John the Baptist, he's in prison. He's not liked by Herodias. And he ends up losing his head, literally. Chopped off, guillotine style, on a plate, platter, bloody mess. I mean, it's, it's a bad picture. Now, when you look at John the Baptist and Herod together, we said earlier, Herod liked John the Baptist, right? He brought him out almost daily to listen to him, talk about the kingdom, talk about what's right, what's wrong. But he was puzzled. Again, he feared John the Baptist, kind of, not in a scared way, but a respect. And you say, well, why do you think John the Baptist spoke so boldly to King Herod? Well, it was certainly immoral what he had done with, with Herodias against the law and setting a bad example. But there's part of me when I read this story, and I've, I mean, I've wrestled with this story all week long. I really have to believe John the Baptist had a heart for Herod, for Herod to know the truth. And he never stopped. And something resonated with Herod's soul. He's interested, but then he's offended. And ultimately, Herod's conscience was bothered. He never repented. His wife seizes the opportunity, and now John the Baptist, or uh, Herod, is suspicious that Jesus is John the Baptist resurrected. Now, John the Baptist, Herod, those are two of the characters, but it's interesting that this actual passage in Mark is not about John the Baptist or Herod. It's really about the third character that we want to hone in on, and that is Jesus. The question is, who is Jesus? In fact, right in the verses there, they're saying, who is this Jesus? It's pointed out in the passage. And I love it that, you know, if you're a kid and you're, you're on your way home today or you're sitting at home and after the message, you turn the computer off or the TV off and you're like, and your parents say, hey, what was Pastor Ben talking about? Well, the right answer is Jesus. It's always the right answer, isn't it? And so let's just, you know, who was Jesus? Or what was the message about? It was about 
Jesus, that's right. So you got an A+. And the case is so true here. It's Jesus. Verses 12 and 13, the apostles are doing the work of Jesus. They're saying, repent. They're casting out demons. They're healing people. They're off to a pretty good start, if you ask me. And Herod gets word of Jesus, and he's saying, who is this guy? People are saying he's Elijah. Others are saying he's a prophet. Others are saying John the Baptist, resurrected, coming back from the dead. And that's where Herod Antipas jumps in. He's the one that had John the Baptist's head taken. And he's saying, look, I killed John the Baptist, which, by the way, I probably regret. And he is back from the dead. How else can you explain the miracles that Jesus is doing? This guy came back from the dead and now doing all these miracles. Who was Jesus? That's what they're asking in this passage. But no one in the passage is wondering if Jesus was the Messiah. We don't see that until Peter's declaration in Mark chapter 8 when Peter says, you are the Christ, the Messiah. But Jesus, from the beginning, had been giving clues, messianic claims all the way along. And that's why the Herodians did not like him. Jesus is healing, he's casting out demons, he's teaching with authority, his popularity is growing, and the truth be told, it was a threat to Herod and Herod's kingdom for sure. So what's the point here? Mark's gospel, it's not about John the Baptist or Herod, it's always about Jesus. Even in this flashback story, it points to Jesus. And what do we do with Jesus? Who is Jesus? How do we respond? How do we experience Jesus? And there's, in the story, we see a couple different responses. The first response is Herod's response. And I want you to catch this. It's a subtle difference. Herod knew of Jesus. Or you could say Herod knew about Jesus. We see his heart hardening He's got a divided heart. He's scared. He does not surrender. And Herod's response is totally different than John's response. John the Baptist, his response to Jesus is not only did he know about Jesus, he knows Jesus personally. There was a depth. There was a relationship. And so, again, Herod knew Jesus. John the Baptist really knew Jesus in a personal, in an intimate way, to the point that John the Baptist gives his life for the sake of the gospel. He continues to share right to the end. He never waters down the truth. John the Baptist knew he was in trouble, but he never gave up, and even to the point that his head is being put on a platter. And you say, man, how... I mean, that's like the absolute opposite of a happy ending. How does that happen to someone that's serving God, someone that's doing the work of God? Well, the truth is sometimes good and godly men and women meet with an untimely ending. It's just the truth. And John the Baptist and Herod's experience with Jesus was totally different. But it's really not even about their response. This morning, I want us to think about our response, your response. How have you or how could you experience Jesus? Do you know about Jesus or do you really know Jesus? 
And I know I'm splitting hairs. You've got to pay attention. Have you listened in, maybe from afar? Maybe you've studied some scripture. You've been on the sideline. Maybe you've attended church. But, and you say, yeah, I know who Jesus is. But maybe you don't really know who he is. Do you, what do you believe about him? Do you believe he's a prophet or some guy that was reincarnated? Or do you believe his claims to be the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world? And in this season, when we're coming back into church, we're saying, look, we're going to keep it to the basics. We're going to study God's word, and we're going to talk about why we exist. And the reason we even exist as an organization, as a church, is to answer the question, who is Jesus or what our response is. And it's important that that, as we wrestle with who Jesus is, that it moves us to action to reach one more. And we'll get there in just a moment. But the bottom line in this story, in the face of opposition, the disciples went out and did the work of Christ with boldness, with effectiveness, and it caught the attention of a wicked king. And the truth for us, I'm praying, is that, Lord, let us be so filled with Jesus and his power that we let nothing in the form of trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or even the sword, according to Romans 8.35, keep us from fulfilling the call God has entrusted each of us to carry out church, we must experience Jesus. Back in kids' church, the kids, almost every week is from what I understand with Pastor Rachel, after the message, they all have a journal, and they're in these little folders, and it's kind of cool. They all take their journals, and some of you kids, you've done this for several years now. You fill out a journal, you, you do some free writing uh, with uh, with whatever the message was uh, included. And Pastor Rachel kind of leads through that time. And I love that because it just shows that even the youngest among us this morning can experience Jesus. Children can. Young adults. Whether you're single or whether you're married, whether you're you know, divorced, or whether you've you know, had the best life and you're living a fairy tale, or maybe you're not, we can experience Jesus. We can know Jesus, and we can respond to him. And as the staff and I, we talked and kind of sat with this story, we talked about three different takeaways, and that's where we want to land this morning. The first is if we're going to experience God, know Jesus, if we're going to respond to him in a proper way, we must first listen to God daily. We've got to listen to God. And the way we do that is by listening to God's word, by reading God's word. We talk about soap reading, which is scripture, observation, application, and prayer, and we lead in that. We've decided in the season, the staff and I, Monday through Friday, we're going to continue with soap reading uh, on Facebook, and we encourage you to participate in that, look at that, like it, share it. It makes a difference. But we, it's all about listening to God, saying, God, what are you saying to me? 
You can listen to God through a worship song or just sitting in the presence of God or go take a walk in the, in the forest. There's all kinds of ways you can listen to God. Uh, you can journal, and some of you probably should, you know, you, some of you have enjoyed that in different seasons. I know I have. And I'm not in a journaling season right now, but as I was preparing and talking with the staff, saying, man, that's something I should probably uh, resurrect. But it's just an, an important thing to hear the voice of God, to listen to Him on a daily basis. That's the first thing. If you're going to experience God, it starts by listening up. The second thing is we need to actively be dealing with the sin in our lives. And I know this is a little touchier subject, and it's a little harder to talk about perhaps. Um, You know, if John the Baptist was the good example of listening to God daily, Herod was a perfect example of the negative response or the negative example. Herod never dealt with the sin. He was called out on it, but he never dealt with it in the story. And the truth is, is we as God's people can go through life, and if we're not careful to actively be dealing with the sin in our lives, we can slip and slip and slip, get further and further away from the Lord if we're not careful. And so we need to deal with the sin. And sometimes it's uh, confessing one to another. Sometimes it's just confessing to the Lord. But regardless, we need to say, all right, Lord, where in my life Am I not measuring up? What in my life is not uh, in congruence with your word? And then you deal with those things. You say, God, I'm going to choose to live for you. I'm going to do what's right. You actively deal with the sin. And if you need help in that, we would love to walk with you and talk with you and give you tools to, to help you with that. So we listen to God daily. Then we actively deal with sin. And then the third thing is it moves us to reach one more, to be reaching out. And if you've been around for any period of time uh, at the Gateway Church, we talk about uh, connecting with God, connecting with each other, connecting with the world, and the reason we do that, that's our mission. We do all of that so we can reach one more. And we want to be reaching out. In fact, even before first service, I was talking with one of the... Uh, senior saints of the church, and we were in totally unprovoked. She's, she's saying, hey, uh, I was asking about her family or whatever, and she said, hey, my one son, or my one grandson, uh, he is my one. Remember, a while back, we wrote names on pieces of paper, and we turned those in saying, hey, this is who we're going to pray for, and, and it's the one person that if you made it to heaven without this person, you'd be grieved to the point you're saying, man, I don't know if I even want to be here. And, uh, and it's just that there's a grieving saying, man, so-and-so, if they don't make it to heaven, uh, they've got to make it to heaven. It's that one person in your life that God has put on your heart. And, and so we talk about that on a regular basis, but it, it, it's fitting here that John the Baptist, it was his priority to make the name of Jesus famous right to the end. And when you reach one more and you're actively dealing with your sin and daily you're listening up to God, that is a a recipe to experience and to really know Jesus. And today, we want to call all of us out and say, how are you doing? Will you listen to God daily? 
Will you take the time to open up Scripture? We talk about soap reading being the, the bare minimum. Uh, it was my birthday this last week, and a few weeks back, I was talking with one of my friends in Indianapolis, and, and he had, was talking about uh, that he was reading through the Bible again. And I looked it up, and it had been since 2016. It was the last time I decided to read through the Bible in its entirety. And I said, man, my birthday's coming up. I could go birthday to birthday. I'm going to read the whole scripture again. And I, I did. I started this week. And it's just a commitment saying, okay, we're going to listen up to God. We're going to listen to his voice. And are you willing to listen to God? Will you deal with your sinful behavior? Or are you just going to go through life and... Easy come, easy go. Yeah, the conviction's there, but really there are very little consequences or whatever. Are you going to deal with your sinful behavior? And then, who are you going to tell? And in regards to happy endings, if you decide to listen up to God, if you start to deal with the sin in your life, you start to reach one more, the truth is, your life might be a little more like John the Baptist. See, we're called to take up our cross and follow Jesus. We are to live for Christ. And, and Paul said to, to live for Christ, to live, you live for Christ, to die is to gain. In other words, even if your life was taken, it would be for the benefit. So it may not be the picture perfect fairy tale ending. But that's what God has called us to do. And I want us to wrestle with this. I want us to understand. And I want families to take the opportunities to talk with your kids and say, you know, how can we do these three things? In fact, uh, James, if you could put up those three questions again. We're listening to God daily. We're actively dealing with sin. We're reaching one more. Families, take the opportunity. Or kids, ask questions around these things saying, hey, get, you know, mom, dad, how do you listen to God? Or how have you dealt with sin? Or how can we as a family reach our neighbor or our loved one or someone at work or whatever the case might be? And I believe as we talk about these things, we keep these things on the forefront, that's when we move from going through 2020 just down and out because of COVID. Instead, we're saying, no, this summer is going to be a supernatural summer. That God is going to use us. That God's going to minister even through the bumps and the highs and the lows of the week. And I've just been dreaming, what would it be like on the lakeshore, just right in the community where we live, if we really understood and took these things to heart? If we listened to God daily, we dealt with the sin in our lives, and we started to reach one more. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. And Lord, I pray in the, these last few moments that you would just challenge us to be people that are listening up, following your ways. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. With everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, and if you're online, just hang with me here for a moment because I'm speaking to you as well. You may have listened through this message, and you may be like 
John the Baptist and say, no, I know Jesus. I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I, I know him intimately and personally and deeply. And we celebrate that. And we say, yes. And, and that may be the majority even of those that are here or those that are listening online. But it's possible that you are more like, yeah, I know Jesus. But it's really a knowing in the sense, I know him because I've studied him or I've been to church, I've heard some messages, but you've never accepted Jesus into your life. And if you're here this morning and you have never accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, we want to give you that opportunity online to give you that opportunity. I'm just going to pray a sinner's prayer. And this prayer can be your prayer. You can agree with me. You can breathe the words underneath your mouth. And the, the truth is, if you, the Bible says it's as easy as ABC. If you admit you're a sinner, no problem, right? If you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, which we've talked about this morning, and then you've got to confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you ask for forgiveness. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I'm sorry for the sin in my life. And Jesus right now, I'm asking that you would save me. That you would take away my sin. That you would clean up my heart. Forgive me, Lord, for the things I've done wrong. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the grave. And right now, I'm putting my faith in you. And Lord, I just pray that you would save me, set me apart, put my feet on a rock. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you put your head up, I'm just curious, is there anyone here this morning? I don't know everyone here. We've got guests here. Uh, who here is responding, saying, you know what? That was my prayer. I needed that. I needed to give my heart to Jesus online if you're doing that. We want you to make yourself known so we can walk with you. We've got tools for you to help you along your journey. Hallelujah. This is how we want to end. I want everyone to stand right where you are. Right where you are. And, we're, and then in just a minute, we are going to dismiss from the back to the front. And our ushers will help us with that. But before we just bolt and head off to the week ahead, I want to talk about these three things. And I want to really give some commitment. And this is for young people as well as the adults that are here. The first thing we talked about as far as a takeaway was listening to God daily. That takes some commitment. That doesn't just happen. You have to make a commitment saying, you know what, I will do this. I'm going to listen to God. And that's by reading God's Word or listening to some worship. And so for some of you, it's maybe I'm going to turn off the radio and put on, you know, uh, worship on Spotify. Or I'm going to uh, I'm going to commit to read the verse of the day. Or I'm going to commit to do the soap reading with the church. Or I'm going to do something different. And I'm just curious, how many here are saying, okay, on this first one, with God's help, this week I'm going to listen up to God. Just lift your hand right where you are. Yeah. That's bold. That's bold. Young people. Old. Yeah. I love it. That's a lot of commitment. And God's going to help you this week to remember to listen up to Him daily. The second 
is dealing with your sin. And I'm just curious. As we make our way through this life, this journey, I don't know about you, but the, the sin that creeps in, it's like it doesn't even change, right? It's like the same things I dealt with when I was in my 20s, right? It's like, what in the world? Come on. Satan has no creativity. But sometimes the enemy gets the best, and we need to deal with it. We need to confess our sin to the Lord and to one another. And I'm just curious, how many are willing this week to say, Lord, I'm willing to deal with the sin in my life. Just raise your hand. Come on, this is bold. Yeah, that's the second thing. Young and old, come on. You say, and to do this, it's going to take some effort. You're going to need someone alongside of you. Families, you can talk about this, and, and uh, this, is, this will be, you're going to actively deal with the sin. And then the third, I'm asking that this week in particular, that the Lord would burn someone in your heart to reach one more. Can you think of someone in your life that if they don't make a decision for Christ, they will spend an eternity away from, from Jesus and an eternity away from you if you've made that decision. If you can think of someone that needs to be reached and maybe the Lord has put it on your heart right here, right now, I want you to just lift your hand. Who is that person? Yeah. Who is it? Yeah. A business partner, a neighbor, a co-worker, a family member. Who is it? Just that the Lord would put their name. And Lord, I just pray that this week, as we leave here in just a moment, I pray that you would do a supernatural work in our hearts. And going back to last week's message, that we have authority. We do believe that you're going to give us everything we need. And Lord, that you would give us confidence to speak up like the disciples did so we can reach one more. I pray this. In Jesus' wonderful name. And Lord, I pray as we leave, we don't just leave without an action step. Lord, we leave with, with authority, with your power behind us. And Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us for the task at hand. Lord, go before us, behind us, and around us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. Hang out right where you are. The ushers will start to dismiss you from the back. God bless you. Go in the grace of God when you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.